You're listening to Welcome back to the Korean Drama Podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Steve, and I'm with Kim and Kathy. I also don't know if it makes you feel better. We won't know together. We won't know together. We don't know nothing. No. I mean, I have a lot of opinions about about this episode of oh, Tachinko, I have to say. You, yes. Yes. I do know that I have opinions as well. Wow. About Wait, episode can I, six. Can I also mm-hmm. just say that a, a little Pachinko news. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Pachinko got renewed for season two. And I just have to say, <laughs> I just have to say, we were talking about this last episode. So in a way that is, we made it happen. <gasps> I think we're magic. Kathy, another, yet another evidence. Oh my gosh. I feel like they heard us and they're going to try to redo the dinner scenes with like the chopsticks and the mason jars. They're going to try to re not do that again. Yeah. Every uh, so the next season will just be everything exactly the same, but with our notes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With our notes. Exactly. (laughs) They're just going to reshoot it. Suhu is a big fan of of our podcast Mm -hmm. and um, is, you know, intent on uh, intent on making the making the show fit our 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 desires <laughs> i mean they almost jumped the gu- they kind of went ahead of themselves because we're still we're we're about to cover episode six so we're not even done yet with this first season we're no. sure not um but neither is the series i think the series only is up to episode seven we're only like an episode behind right oh uh, i think the finale already came out did it it's may 2nd Oh no! Well, no spoilers, everyone. Well, we don't. We we, we really don't know. We really don't know. But we're on episode six. Yes, chapter yes. six, if you will. Oh, I would. Chapter. I would. Chapter. And, I mean, shall we? Shall we just get into it? Let's, let's get into it. Let's okay. just let's just go because once again, ugh. Well, I'll just I'll just go ahead and say bum ba da dum ba da dum bum. New time period alert. New time period alert, oh. and I gotta say, ooh, the fashion on this ajoshi at the convenience store, or I don't know what you would call him in uh, in Japanese, because they're in Japan, but I really like his jacket. It's very cool. I think that's his uniform, isn't it? Yeah, but it's cool. <laughs> like, in the 70s, like, even, even the uniforms were cool. Man, I gotta say, you go to Japan now, the convenience store uniforms, still very cool. Ugh. Damn. I do love a Japanese convenience store. They're Oh, yes. But you know what's not cool, though? What's not cool is in 1975, they didn't put the uh, triangle onigiris in the refrigerated section. Uh, they ooh. just had it on the drawer. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just room temp. That's Rookie gross. Rookie mistake. That is a health code violation. Yeah. Is that really what happened back then? Can someone verify this? Please. I wasn't alive in, at that time to, to know. Yes, we're I, very young, as we've we're said. We're all very young. We're all 21. 
Um, <laughs> but also, I I did once eat um um a musubi uh, that had been out all night, um, and mm. I survived. So, <laughs> was the rice hard? No, it was really good. Um, it was still really good. So huh. I don't know, but so I the only eat that Hana was complaining about must have been out there for like weeks. Oh, I hope not. Oh no, they must change them out faster than that, right? Yeah. I don't know. This was a very suspect uh, convenience store because uh, gripe number one. Okay, here we go. Why is all the signage in English? I did that clock no that as sense. well. I I was wondering about that. Right. I was like, they wouldn't do that in like that seventies like cursive font. The it's font, like, yeah, that might have happened in America, but not in Japan. I don't think. Man, I was so distracted by how cool I thought that the guy's jacket was. <laughs> I was just like, because I even did see what you're talking about, the font. And I can't remember what the name of the convenience store was, but I was like, this, it, it had like a, like it was like called, I don't know, whatever. But I was like, this jacket's so cool. And I didn't even notice that. Mm. Well, we're in, I, I was also very stressed out because we're in the convenience store because Hana is like a bad girl and she's trying to like convince, uh, uh, Mozasu to shoplift, which I have never. Have you guys shoplifted before? Because I've never. Solomon, Solomon, Solomon. Solomon. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, Solomon. I've not shoplifted, no, but I may or may not. Have. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's. I know it's like uh like a thing that a lot of you know kids that age do. Yes. Well, I was very extremely goody goody, so I did not. Me too. And even now, like sometimes when I'm in the self checkout at Target, I'm like, Target's a corporation. They're stealing money from workers. I should do so. I should not scan something and put it in my bag, but I never can. I always <laughs> to do the right thing. Yeah, I always scan it, and I'm like, yeah. Ugh. I always yeah. like build myself up though in line. I'm like, today I'm gonna do it, and I never do. Stick it, it to the band, Kathy. <laughs> I oh, can't. Self- I literally can't. The self checkout lines are just tempting you every time. I know. I would never do it at like a small convenience store like this, you know. But I, I would, uh, I would do it to Target. Only I wouldn't because I never can. I never can. But you, you thought about it. I've thought about it. Oh man, I mean, what, what was strange though about this scene? Another thing that was strange was like, okay, Hana's a badass. We get it. She likes to rubber sticks against fences and make noise and whatever and cause mayhem in Japan, you know. Um, but if she's close with the convenience store clerk, why is she trying to jack his ass? You know, like, like it seems like there is a close knit community and they know her. She knows him. Yada, yada. You know, I think that that's an interesting point, because I think that if it was Hana that had stolen it, it would be different because also Hana is Japanese and uh, Solomon is Korean. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got the feeling that that was like part of why the the shop owner went to the lengths of calling the police um mm. but she also is like i want you solomon to prove that you love me or whatever and the clueless of it bitch. all was really like weirded me out <laughs> yeah yeah also we learn in the scene that hana's mom is di- uh divorced which in this time and also current times i believe is like a very shameful thing Mm. Like, I don't know if you guys watch mm. Love is Blind Japan, but this comes up a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. People are, like, pretty pretty embarrassed, it seems, by a divorce. Um, But Solomon also, he, like, steals something, gets caught, and then when the shop owner calls the police, he punches the shop owner. 
Oh, really is that, weird wait, move. Did he really do that? That's right? what was implied because they show his like fist, like you know. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this little middle school. He looks like he's in middle school. Yeah, they're Maybe like fourteen. Freshman high school, whatever. Yeah. Um, and what did he do to the old man? He knocked him out. Probably not, but you know, he just like hit him. Because, because uh, in the police station, um, the police are arguing that he stole something, not assaulted the cl- the the convenience store clerk. Right. Yeah, but I mean, he also did steal something. <laughs> no, like. Uh, they they totally gloss over the fact that he probably potentially almost killed this old man or by by punching him. He didn't punch him, did he? I, I mean, think he I did. I think that from a uh like a directing I think Solomon person. punched himself at the last minute. He just he just had to change <laughs> hard and knocked himself out and so How then the police he was. Yeah. That's the only that's a smart move because when the police arrive they're like what happened here? And then, you know, the old guy's going to be like, what? He punched himself. Police aren't going to buy that. Yeah, well, they I do, mean, though. Well, I thought that this uh, before we go on to the police station, I thought that the scene in the convenience store was very interesting because they played it. The actors played it. Um, so high stakes. So high stakes for like a little like, you know, a little like uh, what's it called? Just like petty oh, theft. Um, and. So that's what made me wonder if like the Solomon being Korean of it all was a much bigger deal than it seemed um, because like Hana was playing it from the outside like he was about to like get like, you know, I don't know, in some sort of like real, like the, the, the stakes were much higher. Right? Yo, the, the way the convenience store clerk suddenly like locked the door. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was this like, old man okay. moves fast. I it's know. going down. It was kind of scary. I was like, whoa, what is he doing? To- whoa, he's going to lock him in and he's well, like blocking the exit. Because remember, too, Solomon's like, I'll pay for it. And he was like, no, it's too late, dude. You're going You're downtown. Because you have to learn your lesson, which is like. <sighs> crazy. Yeah. The 70s were a crazy time. Yes. But luckily at the police station, the police who is very condescending gets a call from someone high up. We don't, I don't think, find out this episode who. Uh, but he, we get a call that uh, uh, Solomon is to be released with Mozasu, who comes pick and picks him up, who looks Looking very good, good without a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, 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 we are on the same page. Oh, yeah, I was like, okay, look at good, Mozasu. <laughs> yeah. The mustache, like, you know, the mustache, I'm... Mustache does not not always work for me, so you know I'm I'm much more into seventies Mosasu. I, I agree. The actor's name is Soji Arai. Um, I do love his voice. He's got a great voice. Mm. Yeah, Soji, yeah. a true hottie. True, true Soji hottie. Um, and also, also, I, I like I I I felt like in that scene, like where Mosasu is like. He's like saying like that he knows that it was Hana's fault and uh, Solomon's like, no, 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 it was really my fault. It was like parents can always tell when you're trying to like cover for somebody else. But he's yeah. just like, OK, I'm going to drop it. Like Mozas is like, I'm going to drop this is like, obviously, he's. He's really committed to protecting Hana here. Yeah, well, he, he does that. But then the next sentence is, all right, I've decided I'm shipping you off to America. <laughs> Yeah. I don't believe your bullshit. This is getting out of hand. And it's the 70s. Goodbye. 
Well, I guess to be fair to Mazasu, if you see your child in like a super codependent relationship that's getting him in trouble with your with your girlfriend's daughter right with your girlfriend's daughter oh man the clueless of it all (laughs) the clueless oh my gosh this is the clueless episode (laughs) i i would also send my child away because it's like okay distance is like the solution here and to solomon i guess it was because he like grew up to be this very successful businessman later on right and also to jump ahead just a little bit actually quite a lot um at the end of the episode, adult Sanja is talking to Hana, who we meet um, as a grown up this episode. And she's saying that she was worried uh, adult Sanja or, you know, how many Sanja is worried that she was going to be the one to mess up Solomon if he stayed in Japan. Um, which we're not sure why. <gasps> Wait, can I? Well, I don't know. Should well, I jump ahead to that, too? Because there's a. I th- yeah, well, let's just jump ahead. Okay. Because he also, she also reveals she has another son. Yes, that she okay, messed that, up. Noah. Right, right. That yes, of course, yes. Because that got revealed. Okay, I don't want to get into this yet. I don't want to jump ahead that far. Um, okay, well, we'll but I was shocked. I was okay. shocked. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Oh, so we're back in the '30s, and Yosep is very upset. Yosep, um, the most fragile, the yes. most like made out of the thinnest of glass, Yosep. <laughs> You know, after last episode, I was like, I don't think I'm on your side, Kim. I don't think Yosef is like all that bad. But now this episode, I'm like, okay, boo, Yosef. No, I was like, I could already tell. I was like, Yosef is going to be all up in arms because his pride has been hurt because somebody did something for him. Yosef gets the award for, for the, the crystal glass award, the thinnest crystal glass award. Uh, thinnest. Thin- yes. like, he, truly, he is made out of the stuff that they make uh, like movie glass out of you know when you're watching like an action yeah, movie and they like, like fall fight. through a window like oh, that yeah. glass like it's actually just sugar cane it just like, shatters just into like, millions of pieces made to millions be of broken. little snowflakes and and he has the best line that, that <gasps> in my mind nominated him in the in this for this award which was my nuts are shriveling yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny but also it's not funny patriarchy toxic masculinity not good no oh, man, but the line was really funny. I was really unimpressed with the men in this episode. I have mm. to say, all of them really low on the like. If I had to to put everybody on a, a <laughs> ranking, I was like really. That's interesting because Kyung Ki kind of bugged me this episode. I have to say, ooh, okay, just a little oh, bit, yeah. just mm-hmm. a little bit. Let's go in. Okay, let's do it. Well, so Yosef leaves is the moral of that story. Mm-hmm. And then also happening in this time period is a rando lady. I don't think we get her name or we I call it pig lady. Pig lady. Yeah, she's just a neighbor. She's like always outside, like judging everybody. Yeah. Well, she comes- she's the she's the lady that Yosef yells at to be like, stop letting your pigs run around everywhere uh, in the, the right. very beginning. Wait, is she yeah. the one who asks Isak to talk to her son? Or no, is that that's no. a different lady? Oh, well, and so I was this- not clear on what was going on in that. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I kind of gleamed is that this son kind of inspired Isak to think about, like, his autonomy as a person that's not within this, like, as a human outside of the system that the Japanese, like, government has set up for him. Right, because, like, it seemed right that the young man that his mother was concerned for him was, like, part of, like, an uprising or something, right? Yes, he was very vocally um, critical of the Japanese government. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. 
Right. That's not good. That's worse than being in Yakuza. <gasps> wow. Wow. That's what she said. Her oh, words, that's true. That is what mine. she said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. Not my take. <laughs> yeah, that was. That is true. Yeah. Um. So, and then we see that later when, well, I'm kind of jumping around here. I apologize. But we see We're that. We're always jumping around. I know. I'm like a little show bunny jumps rabbit. around. <laughs> That's true. Well, it doesn't make sense to keep going back and forth like they do. So we'll, we'll just talk about it at once. But Yosef is getting drunk at a bar because his he's nursing his fragile, fragile ego. Um, the worst bar in the world, by the way. Yes. yes. Directly <laughs> underneath the train. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's shaking and rumbling. Why? You know what? Maybe that's... As you're as a Korean bar owner, that's the only like real estate you could afford. I mean, that's yes. what I assumed that that's the only thing because like the Japanese get all the like non underneath the train real <laughs> yeah, estate. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine if the Japanese are taking all the rice. They're also like, oh, you can also have the best real estate though. Sorry about stealing all your rice. You know, they're like taking everything. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. 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 It well, makes sense. he so Yosef is getting drunk and he like is bragging that he's from a noble family, um, and. He's about to get into a brawl, but Isak finds him and says this quote that I really loved. So I wrote down, he he says, our parents' struggle is not made easier by dwelling on what we've lost. I'm like, mm. Isak, so healthy. Like, such a that healthy mindset. Um, <laughs> For that moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also thought uh, they're not like, I. what I clocked is they're not doing the rules that we learned in Secret Garden and Itaewon class about drinking. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good observation. Is is very, very awkward. Very strange. Like they do the whole like. I I did notice and that, that uh, Isak's hand is like, he puts his hand underneath the the yeah. hand holding the cup mm-hmm. as a show of respect. But um, I mean, and it's close quarters, so he's kind of he's kind of like turned off to the side uh. already anyway. But then he just like pounds the whatever they're drinking. Um, and then <laughs> proceeds to get drunk himself, I guess. <laughs> well, I noticed that too. And I was like, it seemed like to me that, uh, that Yosef was also waiting for Isak to like, let him drink first. And then Isak just went ahead and drank. But maybe I was like, uh, like, yeah, I don't know what the rules are. So maybe I was just like made an assumption about how it would work. I mean, Yosef's been drinking, right? He, he's, Declaring to everybody else who is also, by the way, uh, descended from royalty, and they all they all just happen to be hanging out at this bar together. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just so. I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna save it for later. But... Oh okay. <gasps> okay. It's gonna be a nice little ribbon at Ooh, the end. Oh, uh-huh. we, love little, we love a little callback. We love a callback. Oh yeah. my mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also just while we're in this, before we move on, you know, to get closer. To to Steve's ribbon at the end of this episode, the monster at the end of this book by Grover. Um, <laughs> that book really scared the shit out of me when I was a child. I have to say that's that like if I can trace back to when I first knew I had anxiety, it was reading that book. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, oh, I I really also had a problem. This is also why I was like not impressed with the males in this episode is because Sanja is literally in labor, which I realize can take a while. But she she's like sends um, she sends Isak out to find Yosub. And as su- she's like, I'll be fine. Like, go find him because we're worried that like he'll do something he's not supposed to do if he's when he's upset. And then like 
as soon as he leaves, she is just she lets it all out, you know, mm-hmm. and I just like really felt so terrible for her in this moment, having to protect the fragility of the masculinity of the men in this in this in this story. And like, and you know, it's not it's not necessarily directly about Isak, but like just like having to hold in how much pain you're in while you are literally in labor and you have to send your husband away because you're worried about like how somebody else is behaving is like my heart really just broke for her. And it was another one of those moments for me where it's like you see Sanja being as as Isak says later in the episode, like just being this person that's like she is 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 so much bigger than than she seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there was I, I, I have a problem with that <gasps> specific scene. One of them, which is. The second the door shuts, Sanja is like wailing in pain. If you're Isak, you don't hear what's happening behind the door. You don't. The pig the lady like, heard hey. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pig lady's hearing it. Yeah, of I'm course, with you, Steve. It's like, oh, you don't hear none of that? Hello? Where's the realism here? Yeah. Um, but whatever. Let's just chalk it up to a lot of street noise and whatever. Good. Maybe, maybe Isak's a very fast runner. And as mm. soon as he like exited, he was he like, ran off. you know, sprinting out of there. All right, fine, fine. Let's let's just. I'm not. I don't that. know why I'm trying to like justify <laughs> it. I'm not on board with the behavior here. Well, here's where here's also where I have a little tick with Kyungi. So let's just be yeah. mad at everyone. Is like, girlfriend, I love you. I, you know, I'm a big Kyungi stan. Oh, we love Kyungi. We love Kyungi. But like, don't you think if you've never given birth yourself, you should find someone who has to help out. Just because, like, I've never, you know, uh, I've never, like, repaired a vacuum. So I'm not going to, like, help someone repair a vacuum, right? I'm going to try to find someone who repairs vacuums to come help. But That's I was very like, logical. girlfriend, you're being a little useless. Like, go find. So thank God <laughs> Pig Lady heard and then came oh my over. Gosh. And, and she literally is like, I've delivered enough pigs. Shove over. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> I think it's a little different, but like, okay. Well, also, because this is like, I've heard this is a real thing. I've never given birth, obviously, so I would never, like, help out. But I've heard that this is a thing that, like, if you are in labor too long, your uterus becomes exhausted and you can't, like, push. What? I think. So I I think that, like, there's a real danger when she's, like, sitting there and she's like, I don't know why the baby's not coming out. There's, like, a real danger to both (gasps) Sunja and her baby that, like, it might not happen. Her birth might not happen, like. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know how births are supposed to happen, but I think like it's like a real danger. Oh my god! But luckily, pig lady comes just in time to deliver a boy. But while that's happening, sorry, we still we have to go back to the bar. We have to I'm go back sorry, to the. I'm so bar. shocked about what you just said. Okay, we'll, we'll get back to pig lady. Fine. Oh wait, sorry fine. about the uterus. There's still a lot more to cover there, huh? About yeah, the... I was so shocked about the uterus. That is truly alarming. Well, I think it's why you can't start pushing. Like, I think you have to like start pushing at a very specific. T- I don't. I don't really know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> We're only <laughs> doctors exactly with tuberculosis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. Well, this really solidifies for me. If I'm ever with somebody who's giving birth, then I'm definitely not going to try to help out. I was okay. Like, okay. I, I'm not a birthing i'm not a midwife mm-hmm. uh, i don't know anything about it as well same as kyunghee but 
isn't it didn't did you guys find it weird that Kyunghee was like pushing on Sunja from behind and like struggling kind of like wrestling with Sunja and then cupping her just, ear I think she was just providing resistance so that Sunja could really like you know yeah I do because I I've heard something about like massaging the back but I again never have given birth so I do not know I've seen Lamaze classes depicted oh. on television. Okay. <laughs> and usually they have the birthing person's partner behind them to like hold them. So that it oh, didn't clock really? as weird to me, but I was also like very concerned with whether like I, I was very like, I didn't think they were going to show this on the show, but I was like, when is the, are they going to like, I was like, did she already deliver the placenta? Does she know? Does anybody here know that she has to deliver the placenta as well? <laughs> and I was really concerned about that. And of course, they didn't show that. You, you have to do with the what with the, with the placenta? Yeah, they, you have to deliver. You deliver the baby. And then after you deliver the baby, the baby is connected by the umbilical cord to mm. the placenta, which is attached to the side of... This is as far as I know. Again, I'm also not a doctor nor a midwife. But as far as I know... <laughs> You all after you deliver the baby, you have if you're de- de- delivering, you know, um, vaginally, then you also have to deliver the placenta, um, which is the the thing that is attached to the side of your uterus while you are pregnant. Um, that is giving the baby all the nutrients. Yes, I've I've heard this too because like the I've heard, <laughs> I read an article once about a woman who gave birth as she didn't know she was pregnant, um, and she did it in like a hotel room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's not funny i don't know why i'm laughing it's not funny uh it starts sounds very stressful but you're not she learned you're not supposed to pull on it feels like you should pull on the umbilical cord to like finish the job or whatever but you're not but you're supposed to birth it like you have to you like have to deliver the placenta yeah you have to yeah and so so when they like the, the baby like just miraculously was like untethered you know, and I was like, did she deliver the placenta? Do they know? Do pigs have placentas? Because the most knowledgeable person here delivers piglets, you know. So I was really concerned about that. And then another thought that I always have when watching a birthing scene is where do they get the babies for this? And like, who covers the baby with the birthing goop? Like, is it a nurse or is it props? No, I bet it's props. Or like makeup? Is it the baby's parent <laughs> or grown wait, 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 wait. up? Huh? What what kind of goop do you think it is? I well, think I mean, it's just like Vaseline. Uh, yeah, it's probably just Vaseline. But I'm like, the babies like when you watch a, a birthing on television or in a movie, the babies are so fresh. Like the baby really looks like it just came out, and then it's covered, you know, as a baby is when it is birthed in real life, to my understanding. And I'm I'm just like curious. Like I'm like, whose job is it? To cover the baby with the Vaseline or the vitamin A and D or the Aquaphor or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, but this baby was fresh in a different way. <laughs> this baby had a full head of hair, mm. was scowling at the camera, and did not look Korean at all. <gasps> <laughs> well, some babies are born with hair, to be fair. But I, I cannot explain the Korean not being Korean. They should be I've Korean. I've seen Korean babies. They don't look like that. I did notice that the baby looked very like, what the fuck is going on here? And yeah. I appreciated that, that realness. Because you've yeah. just been born. The baby was like, what is that giant thing, that camera in my face? Get it away. And like, why am I covered in Vaseline? Yeah. 
but you guys don't know nothing about birthing. That's all. No, we don't. We really don't. We don't know anything no. about birthing. You know what I do know about though? What is bars what? under train stations? <laughs> Your specialty. Yes, um, because in this bar, uh, there's like a they're getting like. Doing like another patriotic song like they did on the cruise ship. It's not a cruise ship, so the ship. Awkward. Yeah. But then the police and come the, in. And at the house, the the boarding house, like at the beginning. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Drunk men singing patriotic songs. That's what the show is really about. <laughs> I, honestly, I love it. Um, but the police, you know who does not love it is the police. The Japanese oh, no. police. No. Mm-mm. And they arrest someone and Isak feels really guilty for like, letting them you know come in and arrest someone willy-nilly and yosef's like no this is how we survive but then i think this is where isak takes inspiration from like that boy he talked to and he's like i don't know we're like i want my son to live in a better world than this and Mm -hmm. like also draws a hard boundary because isak knows about mental health he's drawing a hard boundary with his brother about talking shit on sinja he's Mm -hmm. like no more we don't. He's like, not even in your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I know you're just thinking it. Don't even think it. Hold up. Did I miss something at the bar? Like, the the, the cops were like, open your pockets. Yeah, what were they and, looking for? And question. that one guy dropped his, like, pig feed or, like, <gasps> some sort of seeds or snacks for the like pigs. Nuts. Yeah, they look like some sort of, like, Hazel nuts, nuts or something. And they took him away. I don't even understand what what why that needed to, what what was going on there. Yeah, I mean, like, I I guess I didn't uh, I didn't clock that anybody got arrested, but uh, I knew that it was uh, it was very dark scene, and mm-hmm. I can't always see the really dark things because it's very bright in the room that I watch Pachinko in in the daytime. Um, yes. just in case anything scary happens. <laughs> no, it's also because I physically can't make the room any darker and again i can't watch apple tv on my computer anyway um but i i i was like what are they what are they looking for Mm. like or or is it simply just to like you know humiliate them to have to like stop their celebration or their relaxation or their socialization to be you know treated like they are you know uh less than because uh Yosef also says a very bleak thing about like domestic violence which was very like extremely bleak and he's like this is why we go home and beat our wives is because we get treated like shit by the Japanese and so in order to make ourselves feel like we have power over somebody else we treat the other people in our lives badly and it it just like very clearly illustrates this like vicious cycle of like well- People that wasn't Joseph. That was the kid saying that, right? Oh, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Which I'm like, is this kid? Does this kid have a wife? Like, or is he just kind of like uh, metaphorically speaking on behalf of this like domestic violence problem that he sees around him? He probably just like it seems like it's like very pervasive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's like saying this is why we collective we mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. Well, he also, like, let's remember those walls are very thin unless you're giving birth, then they're very thick. But those right. walls are very thin. So, like, yes. I bet you could uh, you could hear the domestic violence happening around you. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Very sad. But Isak dreams of a world that's better for his son. And 
Isak and Yosef go home to meet the son, and Sunja very nicely gives Yosef the uh, opportunity to name the son. And we learn that this baby's name is Noah. Oh my Noah. God. So this is I the was other shocked. one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we haven't met him. So Hansu's son, we have not met. And mm-hmm. we also just we also just learned that Mozasu has a second or Mozasu has a brother. We just learned about the second son and then we watch him be born and we Yeah, and we so it, it is like okay, so Yoseb is probably the patriarch of the existing or the people in in this family that we have met. Yes. I suppose. Yeah, I guess I was just shocked because I we had I had been living under the assumption that this baby was Mozasu. Like I did too. And then now we learn that it's not. Surprise. Mm, they did a good one that's that's tricky there. Yeah. Yeah. False false start. False start. Yeah. Yeah. But then so we also we skipped over the whole modern times or 80s times cuz and stuff's happening there cuz we have finally met Hana. Grown up Hana, yeah. Grown up Hana. We are, Which they miraculously just found her somehow. Yes, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. But she's at the hospital. Um, and Etsuko and Mozasu are like begging these doctors to care for her because Hana has AIDS, unfortunately. Um, and the top doctor is refusing to care for Hana, which feels very like, like on, obviously awful, but like honest for that time. Like everyone mm-hmm. was so scared. They didn't know what to do. Um, but then a younger doctor says that he'll care for Hana himself. Um, and then the older doctor applauds this, which felt a little not Japanese because like Japanese, I feel like they wouldn't be that into subordinates like Absolutely. speaking out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Yeah. Very strange. That, that, by the way, that young doctor, he's nowhere to be seen after that. Mm. Right. He ain't helping nobody. It's also like it, it also based on what I know about how. AIDS was handled at the time seems very like not like it It would it seems like to me that with my limited knowledge again not a not a scholar of this topic either but like it seems like um, that would be a really really big deal for someone to volunteer to continue to keep uh, somebody with AIDS in their care yes because my only scholarship on um, this time period and AIDS specifically comes from that one HBO movie which was amazing um, but it seems like people were really horrible to people with AIDS at that time period. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like dumping body, like it was really bad. Um, so it's truly miraculous that Hana is able to receive care, um, which we love for her. We want Hana to do well. Uh, and Solomon is trying to convince Hana to go to America, which is so insane to me because it's like no one's gonna let you on a plane i'm I'm so sorry it's not that i don't want people to let you on a plane but no one's gonna let you on a plane right based on what we know of the time yeah seems unrealistic yeah and hana also says something very interesting is that she used to fantasize about like the rich people in the rich houses uh who would like not question the purpose of their existence um but then she got that's who uh she contracted the virus from was mm-hmm. one of those people from those homes. Um, but she says that Solomon will also never be one of them. So I, I feel like that's a vote of confidence from her, maybe, in Solomon's, even though Solomon doesn't seem to take it that way. 
it's it's very confusing in like does she want to go to America or not? I mean, I think at this point there it, she doesn't she sadly does not have a choice. I mean, the way she was drinking that coke with the sunglasses mm-hmm. on, it 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 felt like she was like I'm down to go to America if I can. But then at the same time under the same breath to Solomon she's like but you're never going to fit in there. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess they can both be true. Yeah. Well, something about her, I think she has, like, very low self-esteem based on how she acts in the 70s and how she acts now. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't seem to feel like she's worth saving is the vibe I get from her. Mm. Yeah, it seem, it's very much a vibe of, like, this is just the end of the road for me, mm-hmm. which is very sad. Yeah. And I I wonder how much is of that was like, you know, the shame she faced for coming from like a a divorced household and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very sad. But and Solomon doesn't seem to be handling it very well. Which to be fair, who would? Who among us would? Um, of course not. Yes, but he has to also while this very traumatic uh, event is happening, he has to go back to Shifley's which he is somehow still allowed in to clean out his office. Um, My God, fire the guy already. Jesus. I, like, I mean, it's the been, it seems like ever. it's been like at least a week. Like, yeah. can't, could nobody just say, hey, we're going to have an intern drop your stuff off at your house? Truly, I've seen... It'll be at the front desk. Like, he's know? occupying a, like, an office with a view. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly. Yes. Very strange. And he's very upset, understandably, and he throws all his stuff into a fountain and who should approach him after that but Mamoru Yoshi? Some guy who? we've never met before. <laughs> <laughs> he was briefly in like that news segment bit on the TV. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. We... But it's like, it was such a weird, subtle seed, I feel like. it. Was, well, in the teaser, I don't know if you guys skip past the teasers or not, but the teaser, they showed that clip again. So that's why, like, oh. I I knew to assume that maybe it was him, but I wasn't, like, positive. Um, but then we learn when they're in the cab together that uh, Yoshi, like, they both have bad reputations. Uh, Yoshi because of his grandfather and whatnot. Um, but Yoshi proposes to Solomon that they get into Pachinko in other Asian countries, maybe even as far as Vegas. Vegas, baby. I thought this was very weird. Like, are they trying to do, like, a scam? It does kind of feel that way just based on what we know of Yoshi, which is not much. But it feels like he's very, like, scammy. Right, and because, like, Solomon is like, is this legal? And then, like, uh, what's the other guy's name? Yoshi? Yoshi. Yoshi. He Mama kind of, Yoshi. like, changes the subject. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, getting a real scammy vibe. Yes. A lot of red flags. A lot of red flags. Yeah. But that's basically all we see of Yoshi. And we go back to the hospital where Hana is being very rude to her mother, Etsuko. Um, Mm. Like, really slut-shaming her in a way that's not nice. We don't approve. Yeah. And and just to go back to what we were saying earlier about uh, about what she was saying to Solomon. Like, I did get the impression um, with that that she was 
she was trying to hurt Solomon's feelings just in the same way that she's trying to hurt her mom's feelings now. Like it, she, it seems like it's in her personality to like, you know, also based on what we saw 14 year old Hannah, right. Of like, prove your love to me. And then like, you know, I'm going to keep myself at a distance from you because I'm only going to contact you via phone. I'm not going to tell you where I am. Um, and I'm going to kind of like, you know, uh, uh, like hold everything at an arm's length, but I want to know that you still care about me kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so it was very sad to, to like see her saying this stuff to her mom that like, maybe I was just like reading too much <laughs> into it, but I was like, it didn't seem to me that, that Hannah really has these like bad feelings towards her mom. It's just like her trying to like hurt her mom because her mom is, is showing so much love to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's going through a very tough time, too. So it's like, yeah, oof, it's tough. I think you have the right read, Kim. I was just so confused as to why Etsuko was so close up next to Hana while trying to feed her in a, such a weird, awkward position. And then why does Hana ask for more food while she's already in the middle of being fed? Mm strange I'm like what kind of world what is going on like nothing just makes sense behaviorally i feel like i saw that i don't know as... much about humans but i do feel like things are kind of feeling weird i saw the food thing as like a metaphor of like hana you know of like etsuko offering hana like this care and this love and mm-hmm. hana finally saying like actually i didn't realize that i'm still hungry like she she was opening herself up to like okay, I, I will accept this love. I will accept the help. I'll accept the care. Because it seems to me that Hana very much has been the kind of person of like, I will do this on my own. You know, she ran away from home. She's been trying to like make it work on her own. And she's been very much independent and to uh, to to accept that love and that help. And the soup, you know, literally and figuratively felt like a very big moment for their relationship. Mm. But maybe I'm just reading too much into it. No, no that I feels think right. you have the right read on it. Yeah. I'm just so thrown off by not just the weird body position that Esco is having next to Hana and all like cramped, but you don't have to be, sit there like that. Everyone, like even that, that boy and Isak walking through the... I'm like... Does this boy really want to talk to Isak or not? He seems to be very open about talking to him, but his behavior doesn't show me that. Mm. It's like it feels like everything's everything it feels like things are being planted in place and dropped right in front of us. Mm. Oh, uh Solomon's dumping stuff into the fountain. Who shows up? Boom. Mamoru Yoshi. Like it's just like things just people just keep popping up in a way that feels very strange to me. A little um, manufactured. Yeah. It's like, what? And then it's like, sometimes I feel like there's like these lines that are very like, like these grand monologues about whatever it may be. But I'm like, this is like out of the blue feels like it's just kind of like um, almost like a little like scene study to me. You know, I don't know. Am I being am I being a harsh Asian towards my own kind? No, I mean, I feel like you're allowed to have whatever opinion you have on whatever show regardless of you know where you come Mm. from and how you uh how you relate to the to the show 
Thanks, Kathy. You're welcome. I just feel like things just keep popping up. I'm like, yeah. What now? What now? Now? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that you, as the viewer, it, it's important what you what you as the viewer think because, you know, that's what TV is. TV is made to be viewed. <laughs> so if you're viewing yeah. it and you're like, this feels like very abrupt and strange. Seems yeah. legit to me. This episode, especially, a lot of abrupt, strange things. Just that the police are going to show up at the bar. Um, I thought that it's because they're searching for, like, um, like an underground resistance movement mm. because that's that was what was happening at that time. Like that kid, I thought was going to be a tie-in or a lead-in to, like, he's part of this resistance freedom fighter movement. Mm. You know, which is why the mom would be like, "It's worse than being in a yakuza." He's in this like hopeless like uh idealistic uh resistance group that's gonna what fight japan on japan's soil there's no way you're gonna win there mm. and like they're gonna find some sort of like i don't know death star plans in someone's coat pocket but no yeah nothing, nothing was yeah. found it was just a bunch of pig feed which i guess is part of the point too it's like these people have nothing and they're still being harassed you know? right i think it is for the like humiliation factor of it all just to be like hey we have control over you and we can come in here and tell you that we're gonna look through your stuff even though like maybe they aren't actually looking for anything because yeah. you're right like what are they gonna have like a like a pamphlet of you know the plans resistance the plans. like no like nobody's gonna do nobody's gonna have that <laughs> but we do know, and probably a lot of write. these people can't read and write that's true <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's true well, we do know, though, that the strike happens later. So maybe this boy that Isak talks to will have some sort of like handling in that because that's like a huge like because you can't I mean, I don't know, in a resistance movement, right? It's hard to take on like the whole entity itself. But I think it's it's very reasonable to be like, well, let's start with like workers rights. And let's say let's for sure. strike for that first. I, although we know now that that went bad. Right. It didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Mm. Mm. Um, hmm. but yeah, uh, I mean, and that's kind of like with all of that is where we leave Hana. I mean, Sunja comes to Sunja comes to visit, but we we kind of talked about that and their little miscommunication moment. Um, yeah, and she's and then Solomon. Am I jumping ahead? Solomon talks to Sunja too. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I feel like he's so rude to his grandmother. So I was like. You need to check yourself, Solomon Bick. Yes. Okay. This is not okay. Not for how many who were were watching in real time have to give birth to your uncle and etc. You know, this is not. You need to just take a take a lap, Solomon. Yes. Well, what was the whole rain dance for then? I thought he had this epiphany of right. what it means to be a human being. Right. Of like, oh, I made the right choice because I realized that people are more important than my job. Like people's actual lives are more important than me succeeding in corporate America or in corporate, you know. Yeah. The global corporation. So, uh, yeah, I was confused by that, too. I'm like, what are you blaming grandma for? Right. You know. But then Sunja has like an interesting perspective to bring too, because she talks about the deal that she had where she could mm. like have unbelievable riches, but it like matters. She rejected it because it matters how you came upon the success as much as the success itself. Yeah. Which is yeah. interesting because this is the second episode in a row we end with none other than Hansu. Oh my god. I have had it. 
I've had it with Hansu. I've absolutely had it. Well, Hansu in his little little Japanese style vacation home, aka his real home, I suppose, in his little Japanese like, like it's not a kimono yukata. He's wearing a yukata. Well, he's wearing the yeah. he's wearing hakama pants too. I think hakama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like living the life. I well, guess. is he though? No, he's, he's truly what a piece of shit. <laughs> he. <laughs> My God, because he tells his wife, like, I have a son now. So you're relieved of your conjugal duties. And like, yes, I was like, thank you for your service Wrong with you. Oh, my honorable discharge, honorable discharge. Oh, God, honorable discharge out of this marriage. Because and how does he know, you know, because he's got to have somebody on the inside. How does he know that he has a son? Pig lady. Baby pig lady. I think it's pig lady. Oh, you think it's pig lady? The way pig lady looks at them, mm. like from the first episode mm. we saw her, I was like, oh, she seems like a sneaky spy. <gasps> okay, that's interesting. You know, that would be like even more malicious because then she heard uh, Senja go to labor for so long, knowing she could help. Like, it feels like the instruction was like, make her suffer, <gasps> but like save the baby. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Truly despicable, diabol- diabolical, disgusting. Yeah. Pig lady. But the wife gets the Hansu's. Oh, sorry. I missed your song. That's Steve, okay. sing the song. No, again. Sing it, please. No, no, that was. I'll. I need, I'm working on it. I'll come up with the next verse next week. Okay. Wait, because also you, mm-hmm. you promised you would tie this episode into a bow. I already presented it. I guess that was all, oh. <laughs> also missed. Um, it's fine. I'll. I'll work on it next no! time. No! Was it Pig Lady? I love Pig Lady. And then I fucking stuck no, on your song. Oh, I'm the worst. It, it was just, all, my whole gripe was just all like how everything feels oh, so forced. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The monologue, the dramatic, even Sanja at the end is like, that's not weakness. You know, when Solomon's blaming her for making him weak, I'm like, no Korean grandma would put up with your little shit. She, you just get smacked yeah. or like not respond or whatever, like or glare at you. Sanja doesn't owe you an explanation for nothing. Especially now when we're seeing what she's going through. Yeah. And with Hatsu, the like truly worst person in the entire world. <sighs> truly horrible, truly terrible man. And I also hated that he like appropriates Sanja's amazing quote to him where she's like, he referring to Isak is doing what you failed to do, right? And then he (laughs) switches around some of the words. He's like, oh, damn, that ow, that hurt me, ow, ow. But okay, (laughs) let me actually just turn it around and use that on my wife. I was like, no, Hansu, you're a plagiarizer and a cheater and uh, just an overall terrible person. Also, it's not the same situation. Lying about your relationship to an underage person and not... Bearing the gender of the child that you want are two di- different things. One you have control over, Hansu. One you do not, in and most cases. Yeah, and it's also like, it's that's not... You should be happy that your children are alive mm-hmm. and healthy. I bet Hansu has a little black book of all these like quotes that have wounded him. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I'm going to use this later on the fishmongers and the, the boat person and everybody. It just was very funny to me because it, it just like to me, I read it as, oh, he was so hurt by that. that he was like, I'm going to turn it around and hurt somebody else with it. That's and right. the wife was like, no, 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 because I got you because I think your son will not like you, which is what she implies, not what she says. 
Right. Yeah, she does. She does come back no, and she, uh, she defend herself as well. She does basically say that. She's like, "What do you think your son's gonna think about you?" And I was like, "I hope that he knows that you suck." Yeah, because you do suck. Well, now I wonder though, because we know that Noah, we haven't met Noah yet. Right. Hmm. Well, I mean, this you know, we we just found out recently that it got renewed for season two. Yes. Pachinko mm-hmm. got renewed for season two. And uh, yeah, that kind of answers uh, my question of like, how are they going to cover all these stories mm-hmm. in eight episodes? And I see they're going to go for at least eight more, seems like. And did, did somebody, did one of you send something or maybe I read this independently that like Sue Hugh has this vision of like a, like a four season situation four for telling the story? Like, like. The backdrop is going to be like wintertime next season, that kind of thing. I think I don't know. Marvin no, no, had like said four, that, our producer four Marvin. Four seasons of television. Oh, oh, whoops. I was thinking nature season. <laughs> Sorry. Could be nature I was, season. I was like, okay, okay. No, because you know what? It's dumb, but the reason I thought of that was um, there's been a K-drama series of K-dramas that follow the theme of like fall, winter, autumn and spring. Mm, okay. So I was like, oh, is Sue Hugh going to take a page from that book? Well, then she... <laughs> Push it into a K-drama territory. Because remember, we're always questioning if this is a K-drama or not. Oh, yeah, that's I true. Know. I don't know. Uh, does this mean we're going to continue? We're going to have to continue uh, covering Pachinko for next season? I, mean, I guess we'll see what, what happens. We'll see how fast they make it. Would there be a condition where we're like, fuck it, no more. Moving on to the next drama. Well, Marvin, our producer, just texted us that we're stuck in this. That we're no, we're <laughs> in all caps. You're stuck. We're going to go back to Secret Garden. <laughs> we're just going to we'll, rewatch we'll, it. Rewatch Secret Garden. Oh, no. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Very funny. Uh, wait, Kim, did you have, uh, was there a reader, a listener question? Yes. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, Dr. Dr. Sarah on Twitter tweeted at us Dr. Doctor. to ask a question. And I'm going to pose it to you, too, because I uh, am not eligible to answer the question. Um, but uh, it says, question for you. Have your elders ever told you stories about their struggles or do they just stay silent? My mom grew up in J-occupied Manchuria and would never talk about it. Mm. Love the pod. And thank you for saying that you love the pod. Oh, and We love you, too. That's so nice. Uh, validation. Thank you so much. <laughs> we need it. More validation, please. Oh. We need the validation. <laughs> Oh. What specifically do you love? No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't be shy. Um, Kathy, you, you well, I, my family members, I, they did not, at least the ones I'm thinking of, did not like live in occupied territory, but they were put into the camps and they never talked about it. Um, but my dad very like uh, foresightedly, I suppose, uh, recorded them like speaking, like he asked a bunch of questions about their experience uh so we have those recorded and i later found like letters that my grandma's friends had written to her about their time there um but to me like they never spoke of it at all i never asked though to be fair i'm a dick (laughs) i don't think that makes you a dick like it seems like that would be a hard thing to like ask about because if they're not bringing it up and you know that it's a very traumatic experience you know I don't think that makes it you is a very, to not bring that up. It, it is a very awkward thing. Like when I got a little bit older and I evolved from being a little shit kid, I was like thinking, oh, my God, like my grandparents 
they're old. They're going to die soon. I should get their stories on a podcast. And as much as I wanted to have them, like, you know, tell me stories and stuff, like, end of the day, I realized, like, I've heard little snippets here. That's what made me want to, like, get, like, the, the fuller story and the scope of it. But they were like, what is there to talk about? There's nothing to talk about. We don't want to talk about it. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I was like, even then, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again next week. But, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, I'll, I would hear little snippets here and there, little teasers, little little glimpses, little vignettes, but never, like, the full account of, like, you know, whatever they went through. So I, I would hear, yeah, like, it, it's very strange, especially for that generation to be so open to to reopen those wounds and stuff like that, right? Um, my grandpa, my mom's side, he he grew up in uh, Manchuria, Manchuria. Uh, and it's like the details are always kind of like vague and I'm like why were you up there and and I can only kind of start to connect try to connect little dots where it's like oh a lot of Koreans went up there um, either due to somehow the, the Japanese occupation pushing people to do labor up there and stuff like that or uh, it's not always that case maybe some Koreans thought that there was like some sort of money making opportunities that they could provide for their family up there Yada yada, um, uh, so I just hear little snippets here and there, um, you know, like the Korean War or something that I did like a little middle school report about, and then so I, I remember talking to my grandpa about that, but then, you know, he gave me like the very watered down PG version of stuff, and then I, I happened to be able to ask him later as more of an adult, um, but yeah, like like. It's funny because like one time my um my parents found out that I was smoking <gasps> and then they're like, oh, my God. And this is at my grandparents place. And then and then like like parent, my mom was like, no, you shouldn't do that. And then grandpa's like, ah, oh, I remember when I was smoking. Ah, oh, it was a nice feeling to just lay on the back, lay on your back on the grass into the night sky and see the smoke. <laughs> and then my mom would scold my grandpa. You're not helping the situation. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I have little gl- little t- little snippets here and there. Never the full scope of the things that I would ask today. Yeah. You know, like I would ask much more detailed questions if if um, they were around and I was able to ask them, and they were open and willing to do that. At a certain point, it just felt very like unfair to try to pry too much. You know, um, but yeah, like uh, very strange. Like sometimes my grandma, my dad's side would reveal little snippets of like, oh, like, like don't follow strangers into like, long story short, I, I told my grandma about this one instance where I, um, in Korea, when you're walking along the street, sometimes some random people will approach you and be like, hey, you have like a mysterious aura <gasps> about you or you have a great vibe or aura about you. Do you want to hear more? And I'm like, validation yes, yes. <laughs> so i'm like okay i'll go with you and i'll save the full details for another time but i told my grandma about that and she's like no don't follow them they're communists this is how like your great uncle got like kidnapped and beat up because he refused to join them oh. i'm like what who so yeah like it, it was just I, I never got the full details but only little snippets here and there mm. is my long answer to that question that's really interesting um, because, I mean, so I feel like that's that's true for certain things in my life as well, even though, you know, I, I don't uh, 
I don't have Asian parents. Um, but uh, it's really interesting, like in terms of watching the show, because like we have full, we get to see everything that happens, right? We get to see what happens to 16 year old Sanja. And then we get to see what happens to how many Sanja and, like Solomon isn't privy to any of that information, for example, or all of that information, right? Like he has no idea, it seems like, about Hansu and like he might not even know about his uncle Noah and like all these other things that his grandmother had been through. And she, like our elders in our lives, like won't divulge all of the details either because it's too painful for them or because they're trying to shelter shield or shelter us or just because they simply don't think it's like important or they don't want to or they've forgotten or or any you know any number of things and so it's it's a really cool like like form of storytelling to get to see you know we we get to have the full scope but Mm -hmm. the people who are living the lives they don't get to see the full scope yeah, it's because of these movies and stuff that revisit those historical things that I start to like ask or have more questions that, that I want to ask them. It's like, oh, like this is a thing I didn't know about, you know, like, oh, Koreans were in Germany like to to coal mine. What? Why? Like, you know, um, but yeah, good question. Yeah, thank you Great for that question. question. Yeah, that's fun. That is fun. <laughs> Please send more questions. And validation. And validation. <laughs> we'll take the validation. We might not be able to answer all your questions to satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, is, it is very interesting because, like, there's there's so many things in our lives, I think especially in the era of social media, where it's like, well, how much do you share, you know, with other people? Like, how, how what, what do you keep private to yourself? And what, what do you share with what people uh, and that kind of thing? And especially, like, you know, with your kids or with your grandkids, it totally makes sense, you know, uh, why people will be curious, right? Um, but yeah, it's a good question. I actually, I, I think it's circumstantial. I think it depends on what the thing is and I think it depends on what the time is and how much maybe you're able to, at least for me personally, like I'm like, well, how much am I, I am I going to be able to, um, deal with it personally before I can speak openly with, uh, you know, my descendants about yeah. it. Cause I do think about that. Like, you know, as Korean adoptee, I'm like, well, I have to explain this for myself, mm-hmm. but then I'll also, you know, if I have children, I'll need to explain this to them and need to explain this to their children, you know, my grandkids, like, and I think about this a lot in terms of like, you know, uh, raising raising my children to be you know proud to be Korean American and Jewish because my partner's Jewish, um, you know how how do I how do I raise them to be proud to to be Korean American? How do I raise them to know about like you know the history of Korea? And I want to be honest about you know what my experiences have been, and I want them to uh, be able to you know have a full identity as a Korean Jewish American person. Um, and then for, for their kids, you know, also to be like, cause I'm sure that for the children, it will be like weird of like, we don't have any Asian grandparents. Why not? <laughs> you know? So it is like those types of things is like, oh yeah. How, how do we, you know, kids are, are much smarter than I think that oftentimes we, uh, they can handle more than I think oftentimes we, we think that they can, but it's a good question. Um, 
And I can definitely understand why it's like, you know, why grandparents or parents are like, ah, it's easier to not talk about this or like, oh, it, it, it's hurtful to me. Like, it, it, like not not hurtful, but like it's painful to think about. So I don't want to think about this. Um. Yeah, I think you have to be really lucky and all the pieces have to fall into the right place to hear um, a very open story from your grandparents because one, maybe like you're too young and they feel like, ah, you don't need to know the dirty details. But then they're not going to, maybe they don't want to be that grandparent spouting off stories of the past mm-hmm. unless you ask them later on as an adult. But, you know, that timing has to be right too. Um, right. Maybe they're and, like, I've moved on from this. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, that's yeah, what Isak exactly. says too. It's like, what use is it? Like, it doesn't make it better if we dwell on it, which is not to say that sharing your experiences is dwelling on it. But I'm sure mm-hmm. many people, especially in that generation, feel that they've moved on. So so should we. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there's such a genera- generational difference as well of like, you know, I very much feel like, for example, Gen Z, the generation under us. I mean, we are Gen Z. Right. We're, we're also so young. But young. like, you know, I feel like Gen Z, they they are very much encouraged to, you know, talk about their feelings and to, to be open about like, you know, what their experiences are. And like, I feel like us as well. Like we, you know, I feel like I personally am like also very encouraged now as a grown up to like think about hard things, talk about my experiences, because it does like open up so much more discussion and so much more understanding about different people's experiences. Uh, but I feel like that becomes less and less like that was less and less common, you know, in maybe mm-hmm. our parents or our grandparents or our great grandparents generations of like more bottling it up and more. You know, like Sanja, like being like, go out and find your brother. Like, I'll deliver the baby at this house by myself. Absolutely. You're right. It's a more recent phenomenon to talk openly. And then for our, you know, grandparents generation, it was very much so like, just bite your lip and, you know, march on forward, you know, with a stiff lip or whatever the saying is. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if our generation, the generation after us and so on and so forth, if it will be, if those stories will be more fleshed out and more, sh- more shared. Maybe our descendants in the future will be like, we don't want to hear any more of your stories. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. Like we listen to Talking the, too much. I've we heard listen it. to the podcast. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we keep sending them the link, you know, they're like, like, Oh my God, we is- don't even use links anymore. <laughs> Ew. Grandma, you're so old. I know. I just God. get it beamed into my eyeballs now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the other day about my first CD uh, or my first uh, tape Walkman. Oh. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but again, really young. We got it ironically. We. <laughs> we. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> urban outfitters yes. i heard i heard a song on a, like a, on a, like a throwback playlist and i was like oh my god i remember listening to this on like a now cd like and now that's what i oh i oh CD. yes oh and i was like oh my god now jock jams oh jock jams <laughs> <Whatever>. yes <laughs> <sighs> okay we're dating ourselves oh i think it's time to end it i think Anything we've else done to enough say? we're young we've done enough damage <laughs> Don't Thanks forget for listening where to us ramble. Yes. Always. Forever 21. Forever 21. All right. See you guys next time. Episode 7. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Korean Drama Podcast. Our producer is Marvin Yue. And our executive producers are Will Choi, Phil Yu, and Joanna Lee. 
Follow the Korean Drama Podcast on Twitter at Korean Drama Pod. And if you haven't, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The Korean Drama Podcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about Potluck and our fellow Potluck Podcasts at podcastpotluck.com. Life gets a little crazy sometimes. Sometimes it's confusing, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it can just piss us off. Enter First of All Podcast. It's a safe space for real conversations about the things that we all struggle with, celebrate, contemplate, and work through in our daily lives. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor, filmmaker, and entrepreneur with a colorful background, a full life, and brilliant friends who I love to unpack life with to share with all of you. They are everyday people like you and me, ranging from award-winning artists, cultural icons, powerful CEOs, my hilarious childhood friends, and even my mom. Tune in for honest conversations on mental health, dating, sex, family, career, culture, and everything in between. Listen to First of All wherever you find podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.